You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. So let's stay on theme with what lies ahead of us this afternoon at the MCG, Hawthorne and Essendon. Crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. The Essendon Chief Executive, Xavier Campbell, is in the box. Xavier, welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. What's uh, So you're on a charge, but you're on a knife's edge. What does that do to the emotions coming to the footy? Oh, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's been week by week for us for a, for a, for a while now. Obviously, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just it has to be, you know. We have to just have to focus on the task at hand. Today is a great opportunity for us against you know a traditional rival and probably you know one one of our greatest rivals, if not our greatest rivals. So it's um, it sort of feels a bit finals like because of the situation that that we're in, cluster cluster of teams, and we've just got to keep winning. Has it got to the point where eight out of ten? one of the form teams of the competition where now if you don't make it, it's actually going to be a little bit unfulfilling? I was thinking about that driving in. Um, obviously, our season's been sort of in two parts, really. You know, it was a bit disappointing, but maybe that was a period, you know, thinking back uh, retrospectively, maybe it was a period that we had to go through to get to the point now where we're actually playing a more consistent style of football. And that doesn't mean you win every single week, but for us, we were craving that in round eight, and we've been able to do that. So... You know, what does success look like from now? Does it look like playing finals? Obviously, you, your fans would love to see you playing finals, and you know, obviously, I would love to see us play finals, but I'm not sure that's all the success sort of rests on as well. Um, that style, finding new players, Aaron Francis played last week. There's a lot of other positives to take into, into the off-season, into 2019 as well. It's felt to me, I interviewed John Walsfold during the week, that there were a set of proactive decisions made rather than accepting your fate in round eight. Is that a reasonable interpretation? Yeah, I think that's right. Probably... They, they may have been decisions that we might have waited to make later in the year um, that were fast-tracked because of the position that we were in. Um, and, you know, I, and I don't want to... Obviously, the Neil decision is the one that comes to mind for most people when they mention that. And it would be naive to think that that decision then was, was the catalyst for everything else. But there's no doubt that from that point forward, there was, there was you know, the, I think the, the communication amongst the, clo- the coaches, probably the effectiveness of, the, of their communication was, a, was a, perhaps a key driver in helping us... Um, fine-tune things and you know I think the playing group was too talented not to be able to turn things around as well and I was really surprised at the belief that they still had at that point themselves and that was a real positive and that's something I think has been catalyst for helping us improve. So what does it tell you about your club as you aim for loftier things in seasons ahead? Well I think we're maturing you know I think that's a real positive Um, you know we're a resilient club for a whole range of reasons some really obvious reasons and other probably others probably less obvious um, but we've got a great group of young guys that are really trying to drive this football program forward and I feel 
you know, I feel as confident as I've ever felt in my time as CEO, and this is my fifth season now as CEO, in that we're building um, a really solid foundation for the future. What does that look like? Sorry, Hutter, Sorry, I just... Go, what does that look like in terms of success in the future? I mean, it's always difficult to put a goal out in the public domain, but if you didn't make the finals, if you just missed... Are you confident that it's top four next year? Where, where does it sit in your mind? I wouldn't be specific to say top four, but I think, you know, it's, if I take it back to round eight, I remember I was sat in my office this week, I was cleaning my whiteboard, it was quite messy, and I, I saw a little, a couple of some notes I'd made about, well, what does success look like? Well, two and six, what does success look like between now and the end of the season? And, you know, this is just for me, this wasn't something that I, I sort of took around to other staff or the board. It was sort of win eight of our last 13, be playing a clear and consistent style of football. Um, find three to four young players that we know are going to be part of the future, and there was there was a couple of other points, and it's been positive. It has been you know, really satisfying to see the work that they've been able to do. I I would love to think you know playing finals was fantastic, but I I think that clear style of football and taking that into a period where you know remembering we went to we went to the trade table, we were drafting, we were trading for twenty three year olds, we weren't trading for twenty eight, twenty nine year olds because our list demographic comes into a position over the next couple of years where we should be hopefully challenging to be you know, that top four team on a consistent basis to is, put ourselves in a position for success. Is there still a weakness on your list? A lot's spoken about the midfield and the lack of probably that bigger body sort of midfield in there. Is there still that gap you'd love to fill? I think the midfield is still just such an important part of your football program. And if you looked at list management perspective, if Adrian was here, he'd probably say you know, creating greater depth into our midfield is a, is a critical part for us. Um, if you look at our statistics before round eight and then post round eight, round nine onwards, our midfield has become a real strength for us. Um, and our ball movement, our pace through our midfield is really exciting. But I think still shoring that up further is, is a priority for our football club. Hello. Uh, Xavier, will, will Sam Mitchell be, uh, look, will Essendon be an option for Sam Mitchell next year when he comes back to Melbourne looking for a coaching gig? This is what he said in his book. I'll be honest, as an AFL player, the Essendon scandal pissed me off. He revealed in Relentless, what happened cast an affair stain over the overwhelming majority of players who had never taken part in the injection program, and I took my frustration to the AFL Players Association. I have no inside information about the situation at the time and understand the Essendon players were poorly managed and governed, but I've always found myself falling short of calling them victims. Yeah, well, that line where you said I had no inside information about it at the time is probably, you know, it's always a good gauge. If you don't have the inside information, you, you best not making such significant comment because invariably I think comment can be a little bit misguided and um, you know I appreciate his, his rights for an opinion but knowing the position those players were in and the challenges and, and personally and what we're not wanting to back the truck up overall ground because we're all trying to move forward you know I thought I thought the players did everything in the power to, to not put themselves in that position and um, it was a disappointing position and the club took full responsibility for that as they should have um, you know, that's probably the, the only comment I'd make on that. Does that pee you off, to use his words, that he makes those comments? Uh, well, it doesn't doesn't really affect me at all. I mean, it, I was frustrated a few years back for that, that in that situation that um, that we all found ourselves in then um, with his actions on that day. But it, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me now. We're focused on the future. We're focused on becoming the football club that we want to be, and we've still got a lot of work ahead of us. But you know, it's been nice the last couple of months to, to make up some ground so it doesn't, I, I feel impartial to it As a club that really wants to uh, progress in the women's space, you're doing a lot of a lot of stuff to, to push your case forward have the AFL made a mess of the progression of AFLW if they go with a shortened season? 
Um, I, I sort of, without being specific in answering that question specifically, I'd say that I commend the AFL, and I think they've been well-intentioned in trying to bring this program forward and grow it really quickly to make up for lost ground. And I've heard Gillen speak to that, and I give absolute credit to them on what they're trying to do. And along the way, invariably, you're going to make some missteps. Um, with respect to the season, the games, I mean, I'm not sure that's necessarily locked in. We've got a CEO's conference later this week that Gil will no doubt be talking to that. Um, and it'd be interesting to understand it from their perspective. Again, a bit like you know, talking about that comment before, we, we don't have the inside information on their rationale for what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And I'd love to hear that first. But I know, um, you know, I hear them talk about AFLW and they're absolutely they are passionate about it and it's absolute priority for the AFL. So, you know, I commend them on the work that they've been doing. They have disenfranchised all of their players in one go. That, that's it's not a great position to be in. Yeah, and as, you know, as I, as I said, it's really I, I look forward to understanding more about it later this week to see what the strategic direction is um, with respect to the league, with respect to the games, with respect to the com- commercial growth. And can, until can I, sort I of ask hear you, that, can I ask yeah. you on that? Then, how, how tricky is the balance of the commercial, the, the commercial growth for today and next year versus the good of the game and the commercial growth over twenty years? Yeah, I think there's a balance. Yeah, and and again, we haven't got an AFLW team yet. Obviously, we've got a VFLW team, and it's been fantastic for us in a short period of time. Um, we're building really well toward an AFLW team commercially. I think, you know, we, we presented our business case to the AFL last year, and not that it's just all about commercials, but we thought that an AFLW team we could be profitable from year one, and that talks to the interest in the league um, and the growth of the game. And you know, you're going to see a marked change in the landscape of women's football over the next 10 years in particular when you see girls and women come through that have been playing their entire life. The free agency debate has been hot this week as well. Have you got a view on whether it is working in the way that it was intended when it was put in place? I, I probably don't yet. Um, again, that's something we'll, we'll discuss later this week. It's, I know the, the comment around the Tom Lynch piece and um, should should clubs be talking to free agents and all that sort of thing. It's it's a challenging one because you're sort of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You don't want to be missing out. These things take a long time, obviously. Um, it'll be interesting to see the discussion from the AFL's perspective. You know, I think Steve Hocking is really capable. He's he's going to be a he's going to be a great asset for the AFL in years to come. Um, the, the thing I'd say about him is he's very considered. He's very measured. He makes sure he does the work before he makes determinations, and that's what he'll do. Was it designed that the best players would end up going to the best clubs? I'm not sure it was designed to do that. A byproduct of that, perhaps in people's eyes, maybe that that's what's happening. Um, the sample data is still pretty small, though. Are you a believer in more free agency or less? Are you a believer in the Players Association lowering it to six and making it a much bigger pool? Or less, as some would argue, that it's, uh, it, it will create that two-tier competition? Uh, personally, right now, I like where it sits. But again, I'd still like to see more sample data before we really understand the flow and impacts of free agency in its current form. Were you right to re-sign John Warsfold at the start of the year? <laughs> Was that on your whiteboard? Were you down? No. Gee, Warsaw no, heated two and six. There were those who still believed that despite the new contract, he was four weeks away from getting the sack. Yeah, it's a, the game's... The game's uh, big like that, isn't it? It's, it's a strong views, and that's understandable. We, I, at two and six, I didn't feel like it was the wrong decision because I still saw the faith that the players had in the program, and that is a really critical element um, for where your football program is going. Did so, you do anything to check whether you were still right? 
Uh, well, we st- I have a lot of discussions. Like every second week, I catch up with John and Richo. We spend an hour together and we talk about where our football program's at. They're good, honest discussions. John welcomes feedback. He gives feedback to myself and Richo, and that's exactly how it should be. And you're always trying to challenge yourselves to improve. And the modern game is different both from an administrative perspective and probably from a coaching perspective as well. The, the generation of players coming through now are very different to, to what they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. We've all got to keep evolving ourselves to ensure that we put ourselves in the best position to, to have the greatest impact on those players. Do you think the criticism of John was over the top in those weeks? I thought, I thought it, was, it started to, to get a bit toward that. Um, for a guy that who's, you know, he's, he's great integrity, he's got a, an amazing track record playing and coaching, um, I thought it probably went a little bit too far one way but you know it, John didn't get flustered by it and, and uh, for us we're in, a, you know, we're in a good position now and I think John's a, a key ingredient for that we'll see where you are in a few hours time Xavier thanks for dropping by thanks Jared thanks Kane thanks Hutto Xavier Campbell the chief executive of Essendon Hutto good luck with the showdown may it be what it was previously oh I can't wait uh, Jared Kane who are you tipping uh Port Adelaide Oh, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Which one? Port Adelaide. Okay. Port Adelaide, with confidence. Good going, Hutto. We'll see how the afternoon yes, unfolds yes. on many fronts. This has been Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.